Hey, good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Juan Epp is life. Shout out my good friends, uh, Matt and Caitlin from, from the Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina area. Big Juan Epp fans. Well, I, I mean, told you about them before. They they saved Damani's life when he passed out at a club from back pain. And she, she jumped in there at the nurse aristocrat that she is and started checking his pulse. They got wow. engaged. Our one up fans, our one uppers got engaged. Good for them. And you Shut love up. those people. Love them. So we're supportive of what we do, of the, the nonsense we put together every week. So supportive. So wow. Congratulations. They've been together, I think, I want to say 29 years. And they finally, I don't know who did it. Wait. I don't know if wait, he got down. Wait. wait. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. 29 years? Yeah, it's an exaggeration for they've been together oh. a long time and haven't been uh, uh, married or engaged. And he I asked, believed you. I'm assuming he popped the question, but she's a she's an independent uh, a modern con, con, cosmopolitan woman. She might have popped the question. I don't know. She might have said enough of this bullshit. But either way, they went on their Instagrammies and said they were engaged and they took a, a beautiful engagement picture, uh, Instagram picture in their car. <laughs> okay. I yeah. am. I, I'm so happy okay. for these people. Yeah. Matt and Caitlin. Matthew and Karen. Matthew. Matt and Caitlin. Yeah, Matt and Caitlin. One at fans for life. Do they want us to come to the wedding? I I would I would assume that because we've made their relationship so great, they would invite us. But you know, you never know nowadays. People are shitty. Wow, that's really. I'm not saying I'm not saying they are shitty. I'm saying people are shitty, and they might fall into a shitty mood one day. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited because I feel like I know Roy, mm-hmm. but I don't remember how or he if I really that- do. He has that effect on people. If, even if you never met him, he has a, I know this guy. I know this guy. He's a good guy. I, I just feel I could be wrong. First of all, um, he has a brand new special on Comedy Central right now, yeah. Imperfect Messenger, which is phenomenal. Um, and it is, can people, uh, Roy, can people just go stream this whenever they want to? They can you can stream to- it on Comedy Central's website and the Comedy Central app. God bless you. I'm sorry. The commercials are not my fault. Okay. And by the way, how did you show up and already have a better mic than Sife on our own podcast? How did that happen? Oh, this is Viacom Money, baby. Daily show from home for a year. They send oh, us yeah. all the good shit. Oh, you got the good shit, baby. Oh, dude, I'm I'm laced. I could probably shoot a movie but have the shit Trevor sent to this house. That's fantastic. <laughs> are you are you uh, are you guys back? Yeah, we're in studio. You know, we moved to Times Square, dude. Bro, the, the new moved. the new show is is this more living room feel. That's what they wanted. They wanted yeah. to continue the home feel, but from a studio. So yeah, that shit it's like would Trevor's at home talking very casually. Yeah, I mean, more people are coming in studio. I think they're going to start experimenting with audiences at the top of the year. We did oh, a couple of no test audience. shows. There's still no audience just on oh, a regular shit. night. We've been doing test shows with our audience. The studio's smaller, so it's weird because I mean, you know how it is, dog. When it's a smaller crowd, the jokes hit different. Yeah. Yep. So when you go from 250 to 60, it's just a totally different feel to how the jokes 
perform, which changes. What about how have the you ever writers tried, write them? Have you ever tried how jokes hit when um you're doing a show at Complex and the audience is twelve interns who are just forced to be there? Ooh, <laughs> Ooh that sounds like that sounds like Vice Live. <laughs> and I can say that with respect because I talked to some of the comedians that worked on that show and that were comedic guests on that show and they were like oh yeah half the audience on Vice Live was the staff of Vice yeah yeah that's that's what a lot of places do when they need bodies and seats well hold on it sounds like what you're experiencing right now is the most like corporate-y TV-ish and, or radio shit where it's like we want to do this, uh, this we're, we're trying to do the exact same thing Except we want to switch it up. Is it? Does anyone raise their hand and go, "Hey, so why don't we just keep doing the shit from home?" If that's the feel that we're going for, is that that's that, what like makes sense? That was brought up, but I think that the issue was figuring out crew and staff. Man, you yeah. got to work people. You got to like the Daily Show at High Tide was employing almost ninety people. Mm. So, and you just probably, don't have that many people needed if you're doing it from home. That's got to yeah, be way. And I and I'll give Trevor props on trying to, you know, take care of folks and shit like that. But the ratings were higher when we were at home. We didn't lose numbers during the shutdown. So they were going, oh, well, maybe people enjoyed this homely feel and Trevor with a scraggly beard. So let's do that. Under thirty thousand dollar cameras and beautiful lights. Right. Also, a lot of people were at home. So it's like. It balances out, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I'm not. It's taken some getting used to as a comic to what? perform in front of 250 people in the studio every night to nobody. Like at the yeah, house, yeah. it was expected. But the yeah, studio yeah, yeah. has a hollowness to it that feels right. like an open mic that nobody showed up to. Right. Yeah, yeah that's kind of weird. Yeah. And you have to perform through the camera. And then yeah. online, people go, oh, that was funny. And I'm going, well, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. As a comic, uh, who, who, as we, and I, I say we, but mind you, when I say me and Roy, when I say we, he is the top of the mountain. And Where are I'm, you? I'm like at the airport in an Uber on the way to the mountain. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm not even at the base camp yet. You can't even see the mountain that he's at the top. Of. I don't even. The mountains are 30, 40 You're too hard on yourself. What? No, I'm not too hard on myself. I'm telling you, the audience, that this man here is a comedic fucking genius. Um, but we, but we, a lot of what we do is based on uh, the way we think of jokes is based on putting in the time for the laughs. Right. If there's nobody there, see the difference is because you did radio also, right, Roy? Yeah, yeah. Ten years down south. Like the, like the 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 pandemic for me when I had to do Zoom shows. The first two were rough, and then after that, I just switched into my radio mind. Yes. And I wasn't necessarily doing stand-up jokes that I would do in a stand-up club. I was kind of doing more like radio-ish material. You're doing a talk break. You're just a- Exactly. Football. And all the other comics I would be on the show with were like, man, you're really good at this. And I'm like, I'm, I had years of no audience reaction instantly yeah just the phone lines lighting up that's all you that was an applause break yeah as if the phone lines oh i must be saying something that's resonating with people. that's right i did two zoom shows and i was done but nah dog your brain works in a yo this man gave cypher gave me 
one of the wildest tag. Just as an aside, just a quick tag. I'm. Yeah. It, it's one of those jokes that I know four months from now I'll never do again. But I'm just trying to figure out ways to frame Jelaine Maxwell as as the oh, ultimate yeah. ride or die chick. Oh yeah. Are oh, you talking about the other night? <laughs> And oh my god, yeah. it's just it's so wrong of a bit, but Cypher just walks past me and the bit just bombed in front of like these Brooklyn kombucha moments. Cypher just walks up to me and just mumbles a tag and then just walks. It was like that scene, um it was like that scene in social network where the guy tells Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> take off drop the gun yeah. and just Facebook. <laughs> Much cleaner, and then he just walked away. And then I did it at my next set, and then it killed. I'm like, oh no! Oh, Yo, man, Shorty, that's great. do you, Roy? I have. Uh, by the way, the main thing I want to do today is talk about some hip hop stuff with you. Oh, if dude! You, if you're down for we it, can, we can do that all day. I did urban radio for. That's what I'm saying. So, well, no, and particularly when I tell you the angle of where I want to go, you couldn't, I think there couldn't be a better guest than you today. Yeah, um, okay. But I do want to ask you before that, because like one thing that I hope I can convey this in a way that makes sense. I won't be offended. Uh, no, no, I'm not worried about that. I am simultaneously annoyed with the fear that all performers, comedians, radio hosts, etc. I'm annoyed by the fear that we have to have now that even something that you know is not immoral, is not harmful, we have to worry that all of those lines could be problematic for us. Like, oh, yes, yeah. that annoys me. Oh, yeah, but there's I'm, more minds in the minefield. But I'm also then simultaneously annoyed by the level of complaining that there is about said issue so i am like yes i hate it all i hate the fear of being canceled and i hate the obsession with quote cancel culture which doesn't really cancel that many people so do you know what i'm saying roy i find it all to be fucking annoying i yeah oh go go ahead sife no, I was I'm, gonna I'm gonna say, let you like, flow on this first. I, I, just real quick, I just want to say, like, yeah, like some cops like I can't say anything anymore. I'm like, bro, you wasn't saying anything before. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, just be funny and shut the fuck up. You'll be all right. <laughs> here's here's something that maybe Cypher can help me unpack to that point. Yeah. Right. When the Dave shit first jumped off, the we're talking it. like, yeah, we're talking the closer. We're talking three days let's just go three days after it airs the think yeah. pieces are starting to flow netflix employees are starting to bubble and there was gangs of comedians who were posting and going i stand with dave you know and i know and kevin hart most more recently had a he's doing interviews for for true story or whatever and comedians were going i'm with dave and i was like okay but what are we standing with him against? Like, because the like, I support the idea that a performer has a right to say whatever they want to say on stage. Full right. stop. I support that. Boom. So far, from what I can tell, that right has not been infringed upon for anybody. Right. So, what are we standing against exactly? Right, right. And, and that's what and, and that's what I can't put my finger on. It's like it's this weird, it's like a vapor. It's not yeah. a tangible problem. It's like no one's going to jail 
Niggas no say one. some shit that piss niggas off, and them niggas have a right to say that they ain't like what that nigga said. That's the game. <laughs> this democracy seems to be running smoothly, as far as Bro, I can tell. But and, and, and they wouldn't have had that reaction that I stand with Dave if these other people didn't have a problem with what he said, which, of course, they're going to have a problem with what he said. But now it's like, so are you standing up against that community? That will, right. And that's the problem. Because some people are. Know that you're joining up with a whole bunch of people who are going, I stand with Dave Chappelle. Yeah, that's, a, that's a whole different group of people. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, and that's the and problem with short phrase activism. That you yes. start putting these, stand with them, abolish this. And it's like you start looping in yourself with all Bro, of the phrases and you side. remove the nuance from the conversation. Yes. It's pick a side every time. Every issue is like, pick your side. I'm like, well, I kind of see both sides. Yo, I, yeah, I'm I'm like, what are you person. against? What are you right. against? Are you against people saying that they didn't like something? People have a right to not like some shit. It happens yeah. all the time. Check your YouTube comments, coach. Somebody yeah. don't fuck with you. <laughs> it's it's, some, it's so true, man. I, I've, I've on this particular issue, I go on the radio and at the radio station and in interviews, I have generally been the person who's being harder on Dave, who is being very sensitive to the way I think he handled the trans stuff because I see what they're saying. There were moments when I, too, felt like, eh, I, 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 I support their right to be annoyed by that. I also don't think that someone should have walked out and not let him have a special. By the way, what did Netflix do? No. They said, all right, be walk out all you want. We're not canceling the special. So nothing bad happened. Like, and, yeah. and the fact of the matter is, and this is important. I, try, I had this argument with D.L. Hughley last week on the show. What I tried to explain was we, no matter how people frame it, we're, we're having a conversation now with trans people where trans people end up being sort of at the root of an argument that should really be had with the white man. And it ends up being had with the trans community instead. And here's the problem. The trans community is a community that is still in danger in America, much like black people in America. They have actual threats and harm that can come upon them. So we have to be mindful about the conversation and not act as if there's simply a powerful Hollywood entity that will fuck you up if you say the wrong thing. Because that's not really who I care about. I worry about the, the common tide changing because of those people that we talked about who had never liked Dave Chappelle until they heard he's being critical of the trans community. Right, right, and now right, they right. like Dave now Chappelle. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, there's this issue as well where, for me, with the comedy community, it's, well, y'all are trying to cancel Dave, but the it's this is all corporate. This is all corporations. Yeah. Corporation wants to make money. So a corporation is going to decide the quickest way to make money is to get your ass up out the square. Oh, you tweeted what? Bet we'll recast you right quick. Mm -hmm. That's not them taking a real moral stance. That's mm -hmm. them doing what helps them make money. I say this all the time. So that's the shit you should be standing against is the corporation should have a moral backbone and you should support the artists and the artists, right? Yeah. Don't employ artists if you're not going to back what the artist decides to say. Yeah. you know, on your network. And to me, that's something worth standing. Like, I understand well what comedians are saying when they say that they stand to get what you're saying is Dave had a right to say. Dave right. had a right to say without people taking money out of his pocket. But if Dave right. has a right to say, they have a right to say. 
Right. And so far, that's all I've seen happening. Is Everyone is yeah. spitting. So no, but taking stuff I don't need to jump in that like shit. Yeah. Don't fucking DM me going, when you gonna put up your post? <laughs> this nigga ain't in jail. Yeah. <laughs> this nigga's at his high school arguing with his alma mater. He's fine. <laughs> He's with Sife at the garden. He's cool. He's Yo, I, that, the thing you said early, like, uh, like when like, I always, I always find it funny when like someone gets in trouble for like saying the N word somewhere, right? And they get fired or removed from their sponsorship deal or whatever. And I'm like, he just got fired by another guy who always says the N word. But right. the thing is, he ha- they have to show that they don't support this behavior. And he's like, I was with you the other night. We were saying the N word. Yeah, yeah, but you got caught. You got caught. Yes. And now we have to let you go. Now on the, it's yeah. about you about to fuck up the money. And, and, and that's, that's it. This is capitalism at its finest. So then on the flip side, so I would have these arguments on radio, and then I get back to my to my house for the holidays. And my father, I mentioned this once on the podcast. My father has become maniacal on the issue of Dave Chappelle. Maniacal. He won't, he's he is all over him. Okay. And Roy, you have to understand, my dad is like. My dad's a real true school progressive, not like a fraud who's gotten more conservative as time's gone on. He's gotten more progressive as the years have gone on. Like he's he my dad is 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 hardcore with it. And for whatever reason, on this particular issue, he thinks Dave Chappelle, the whole punching down thing is very true and he's very angry about it. But there's a couple things he doesn't understand. And I said this, me and my brother got into a screaming, uncomfortable fight. First time my girlfriend has gotten to see that. With my dad at at Hanukkah on Sunday, <laughs> screaming Hanukkah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dave Chappelle ruined your Hanukkah. Dave, <laughs> Dave, you ruined my fucking Hanukkah. <laughs> Which day oh. was it? Which day was it? Was it was first night. Oh, first night. Oh, the kickoff. Yeah, the kickoff. My mom <laughs> first had first candle. Lo- yeah, lo- first candle, latkes, gelt, presents, the whole nine, and we're screaming because what I said to my dad was, I said, Dad, here's the problem that you one, you're missing a few things. And by the way, I hope my dad doesn't hear this, but my dad is a brilliant man. I think all the good qualities I have performance-wise and, and, and thought-wise come from him. This butt is getting heavy. Well, but he's not hes not on his fastball anymore. He's 74. He's, well, lost, right? a, he's lost a few. He, listen, his he fastball used to be 98. Right. It's 91 now. It's 91. Okay, yeah. it, it there, can still, he can still hit it, but yeah. there are arguments sometimes when me and my brother are both against him. I want to be like, Dad, don't you think as the two young men that you raised in the primes of our life with the information you gave us, we're probably right and you're now wrong? Don't you don't you trust us enough to know we're the ones that are right? Yeah, we out, we're out here. You, so what I said to him, though, was I said, Dad, you have no history with Dave Chappelle at all. You have no – you don't understand how influential – do you know that we have heard him talk – over the years on specials alone for a combined 24 hours or something, you've never heard him. You're just following a news story. You don't know that he's actually done a lot of positive and really helped a lot of people's thoughts about these issues over the years. You're looking at it right now through just this lens. And he has decided he is a bad guy. And the argument was incredibly frustrating. And then Started talking about an article that came out apparently to the point Roy was making about the alma mater thing. Apparently, 
white parents, I think, got offended because Dave was using the N-word in the school. Yeah. But that, weren't they naming though. the theater after him? Yeah. They had no problem before is. the closer. They was taking his money. <laughs> I ain't had no problem with him saying it then. And now all of a sudden. He's always said it. I, he's been, always said it. But, and so we had, my brother and I had to jump up and tell my dad, who knows better than this. Dad, you realize white people have no place talking about how black people should use the N-word, right? That's not our conversation. You don't have to like it. You have every right to say, I don't think anyone should use the N-word. You could think that all you want. But as far as actually out loud legislating that to black people, that's not a thought. Like, this is a waste oh, of time. <laughs> and this is first night Hanukkah. This is first night. <laughs> we didn't even get to the fucking Shekianu yet. It was insane. <laughs> Yo, so listen, the um, the thing that happened this week. Did you wait, keep wait, wait, Hold on. Wait one second. I just want to get a little comedy in. Uh, here's the thing with Roy Wood Jr., man. Please. One of my favorite comics. Great guy also. Uh, he's letting me go mm. on the road with him a couple times. Every time I see him on the bill or he comes up at one of the clubs I'm at, I get excited. He has a special out right now. Now, here's the problem. It's called Imperfect Messenger on Comedy here's Central. The problem. This man, Roy Wood Jr., made a decision in his life. He's in bed with Comedy Central. Uh-oh. It's what it is. He's on The yeah. Daily Show. They produce his specials. The content of his specials, the comedy, is immaculate. Comedy Central loves to make it hard for us to find this content bro so i wish that everyone will take that extra little step and sign up for whatever the comedy central app it's is. free you it's can free. just fucking stream that bitch in front of the paywall on I, comedy I, I, Central. I don't, don't want to talk shit about your employer one of your employers I, no I, it's I, I, I it, it. that's a that's a fair statement it is but, one of the more complicated it's hard More to convoluted places to watch content, which is why they created Paramount Plus. The yeah. issue, dog, is that my shit can't go smoothly to Paramount Plus right away because we're still a fucking cable channel, unlike all right. the other streamers. So right. you have to have these access windows to mm-hmm. all the other regions. So Comedy yeah. Central Canada, Europe, Africa, yeah. hey, they all got to get their hands on it. Then yeah. everybody's got to get their own demand bread from it. Everybody got to make mm-hmm. a little money. You, you got it. I got to get pimped out on every yeah. corner yeah. before then, it can be easily available on Paramount. Then it's available to everybody. But I, but, but you, but you, when I say so you I play get it. it right, you play it right because you had a, you did, um, you did a daily show, obviously. And then you, you, you took over the, um, what was the Ari? This is not show? happening. Yeah, this thank you, happening. thank you, Ari. Thank you, Ari, for fumbling what? that bag. And yeah, <laughs> Ari, there was an issue, and yeah. they There's called a lot the of issues. Guy. You're a company guy like me. I'm a company guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a company guy. There's there's people like us that are reliable and they call in a, in a mess. And then there's these wild animals out there, and you got to pick which one you are. And sometimes you could be one in one world, one in the other. So you're a comedy central comedy because you even had a. Uh, a, a pilot or a TV show you were working on. I don't know if that they let me shoot that bitch in Birmingham, dog, at a cost yeah. that was about half a mil more than to shoot it in Atlanta, bro. It costs more to shoot it at the crib, and they still yeah. greenlit that shit. And that's part of the thing. Like I know, I know a lot of comedians have come and gone off the Comedy Central brand, right? Yeah. But at the time when I got Daily Show, nobody was fucking with me. Nobody was fucking with you. Conan O'Brien was the only person that fucked with me on a regular basis. Right. Mm. That's it. 
we were coming off the Steve Byrne sitcom over at TBS. And my nigga, I was in a drought. I was doing Conan and I was doing ESPN. Also, shout out to ESPN because they was letting right, me do yeah. live hits. But that don't pay shit. But it's exposure, or, you know, it's whatever. Right. It's what were you doing hits on? Grid. What were you doing hits on on ESPN? Like, I know you were around, but what was it exactly? I was doing Sports Nation and then Mike, um, Jamel and Mike Hill had his and hers. So if I was East Coaster and I would go up to so Bristol. You just made Jamel and Michael Smith a couple, a married couple, and Mike, Mike took on Mike Jamel's Smith. name. Mike Hill, that's the other ESPN anchor at the time. He's from Birmingham. But yeah, so they would put me on and like you do one thing, then you do all the ESPN radio shows. And so yep. that gave me visibility. So when Comedy Central came knocking and then they offered me a special, a special off to some of the same jokes that other people had said no to. Mm. So you dance with who, who brought you to the club. Bro, and so your last that's just what it was. Amazing. The last one, what's the last one? Father figure? Yeah, father figure. No one loves you, and now I'm in perfect mess. Father figure is um is fucking amazing, and then now he's got the new one out right now. So I'm just asking our audience, please take a. You might get slightly annoyed at the process to find it. Take that little extra step because I guarantee you it is worth it. This guy, this guy writes jokes, man, and. I, the, my favorite thing about Roy Wood Jr. He's on stage, and all all the comics are in the back of the room. They're like, "Fuck! Why didn't I think of that? It was right there. It was right there. The joke was right. God damn it!" And then they go, Man. "You see, when they go, uh, who's on the show? Oh, um, so and so, so and so. Oh, Roy Wood's gonna come by and do ten minutes." And everyone goes, oh, "Fuck!" And they pull out their notebook and start looking at. Like, like, oh, he's really I like that. Oh, he's sick with it, yo. Sick. But that's but he's one of those dudes that has an effect on people like like yes. on that level. Yes. I'm just trying to just be better every day, man, and just get the jokes tighter, 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 tighter. I what I need to start doing though, Syph, I need to stop being as nice to people. Like I'm go ahead. Okay. What do you mean? Take us through this what we do. By the way, this is a therapy podcast. So <laughs> yeah. go ahead. <laughs> I am accessible because when I started out, when I was a young nigga in the game, OGs made themselves accessible to me. And I was better because of that. So that's some be the change you need to see in the world shit, right? But the problem is that as comedians get in trouble, as comedians get canceled, apparently I'm the nigga you reach out to, to be friends with, to get your fucking, to get your reputation back on track. Really? I'll name names off the podcast. Yeah. I'll name names. But like cats will just strip. Niggas, I don't know. We've never right. spoken before. Right, Who the right. fuck are you? And it's, hey, man, we should get together and uh, I'm doing sets. And let me know when you're going up. I want to come around and be around and I can hang out. I'm like, bitch, I can't be seen in public with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know cancel culture is a weird thing, but dude, fucking bad reputation. That's real. Well, yeah. yeah and if that's you're not real. And it's one thing to stand next to someone who you know and care about. It's another thing to just stand next to someone who's been canceled. Yeah, just like, yo, and we're not talking joke shit now. I'm on. I'm in another oh, lane no. right now. We're not talking. Oh, you said a joke that made people. I'm talking about you've been accused of some wild shit, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Some of you niggas <laughs> should borderline be in jail, bro. And well, you think that I'm gonna just cold. go kick it with you at the? I wonder no. why. I wonder how you got that rep. I don't know because I'm nice. Is, I'm too nice. I get the um. I bet I you the, niggas um, don't DM Michael Che asking no, him to no. fucking hang with you. That's because they want to improve their reputation. Let me tell you my problem. I get the I get all the breakup talks. I get all the sad, the emotional, like 
Oh, you know, comics have a comic. hard time. I'm therapy guy, but then what happens is <laughs> we sit and have a couple therapy sessions, and then and then they start getting funny with me because I now know they told me too much, which I would never say anything, but now they feel weird with me because they've told me too much, and like I oh. they think I have something over them. And now that's they a hate weird. You. Yo, this guy Roy Wood Jr. Man. I said, hey, yeah, have you ever thought that maybe these people just after spending a couple of hours talking to you, they'd realize <laughs> I really don't like him. Well, every time I have a little therapy session with him, he's stuffing his face. Yeah. You give him, you give him Why am I advice? getting therapy from this food yeah. addict who's raging in Roy front Wood, of me? Roy Wood Jr. I said, hey, man, how, is there any way I could even just submit myself to The Daily Show without skipping a beat? Here you go. Here's who you hit up. He, he make a contact. I'll put your name in the in the hat, and then he go. And then he gave me the hip hop disclaimer, which I didn't need, but I respected. He goes, "That's the end of my participation. I did what I said. Don't call me for like." <laughs> and I, I hit him I, with I, the I, Uncle Pauly. Now I got to turn my back on you, bro. Yeah. Listen, I, I you did, didn't have to say it to me because I know it. But people, I have to say that to other people, like. I'm giving you the little in, and I'm now out of it. And good luck. And my right. this That's... in is a powerful in. Right. That's that in itself is a thing. Don't keep calling me, asking me what's going on with your tape, what's going on with your resume. Leave me out of it. You're trying to write a script. Here's three scripts you can look <laughs> at to help you make your script better. Here's the types of jokes that they do. Put them in a sheet of paper. Some people get hired, some don't. Because yeah. because I also don't want to be that dude with Trevor. Hey, man, my homeboy of sent course. you a PDF. Have you looked at it yet? Have you had a chance? Have you read the journal? Like, hey, that's not my department, though. Yeah, man. But anyway, so, so yeah, so Roy Wood Jr., go check him out um, and, and go watch the special. What's the special called again? I appreciate that, brother. It's Imperfect, Imperfect messenger. messenger. Yeah, Perfect Messenger. Very good. All right, so anyway. So, so here's what happened this week. Yeah. So did either of you see the bone thugs three six verses oh i watched it live okay it's the <laughs> only did, it's one of it. the few verses that i not only did i watch it live bro watched it live on my television right you put you, you pulled it up on the, the youtube app, yeah. On, yeah smart tv so so this is why the conversation's perfect because number one there's some specific things from it that that are worth talking about because they're just funny and then number two there's the fact that scythe did you watch it for a second i didn't even know it happened Sife didn't know it even happened and then for me south and midwest because you east coast bias no 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 hold on no no that's where Sife. let's embrace it this is where we're going (laughs) and i turned it on i watched for a combined two minutes and i went (laughs) i went damn i went damn all my east coast bias it was fucking right Good night and turn the shit off. Said this is so never show love to the nope. Midwest and the South versus That's not me. Bro, we had David Banner on this show because he was on some random, not random, but he was on some other person's show and he bigged me up for supporting the South in the early days when nobody was supporting the South. So don't put me in your little East Coast box. Well, you but okay, yeah, that, that's why I think Sife's in the middle ground. Sife broke a lot of Southern records. So, no, Sife's a good balance between okay. where me and you will probably live, I think. So <laughs> so, so here's the thing I want to get to. I'm super biased because I did morning. So I 3-6 came through Birmingham on the regular. Yeah. I was going to say. 2000 you were doing, through 2012. 
So here's so Saif, here's the tweet now that I also want to use as something to get to in this conversation. Okay. Someone sent me a DM, I should say. It said, can't believe the disrespect for 3-6 that I heard on the show. I love East Coast rap too, but 3-6 is Wu-Tang of the South. Those songs that y'all never heard of makes me question your hip-hop knowledge. Respectfully, be safe. So, so first of all, Roy, what were just your thoughts on the verses? We'll just start there. Just, just, just give us the Roy Wood review, the, your, Roy's review of what we saw. Uh, blanket, it was a beautiful walk down hip-hop memory lane. I appreciated all of the features and the cameos. I, don't, I could have lived without Terrence Howard coming out and singing hard out here for a pimp. Thank you for saying I that. Mean, no, but they got- Even though Tank, technically it's his song. He is the right. artist. He, he is got DJ. them an Oscar. He got them an Oscar. Like yes, but the song ain't good. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm a little, I'm a little shot. I'm a little spot. I, I mean, yo, we're we're listening to this song now in the era of caring about women and post pussy hat marches. Yes, it is hard out here for a gentleman exploiting women. <laughs> you should well, not even do then, that. But by the way, even when the movie came out, I always found that song at the time. I love that movie. But I found the music that they made for the movie sounded like a parody of the music at the time. I, I even whoop that trick is a pop. That's that's like <laughs> proper fight era hit a motherfucker. Rosenberg, no, whoop that Rosenberg trick is close. That he didn't get cast as the white producer in the movie. That's it. <laughs> nah, it's like you'd never fuck with its heart out here for a pimp. Not as a song, but as a as song. in the movie, yeah. Like it was fine, but it was it was cartoonish. In I thought at the time. Going into got it, him an Oscar. I can't I got can't him an Oscar, Oscar, no doubt. Going into it, I knew number one that Bone was not going to have the catalog to go against three six. Bone really only had, in my humble opinion, two solid albums, and then they had a couple of sprinklings of features and you know, solo hits or whatever. Um, I thought that the tempos of their music is like it was somebody tweeted, I can't find the tweet now, it's too late, but they basically said this versus was a mismatch because bone makes music for niggas that want to smoke weed and chill three six makes music for niggas yes. who drink hard liquor and want to fight the fight yeah beautifully and, so and and it, and go ahead it, and so the vibe of it was off like after a couple of songs i was like ah, i don't know if this is the right vibe and then you know yeah. busy bone being busy bone i don't know if you know he's talked about his issues with mental health in the past or whatever so him starting a little fight or whatever but as a Southern hip hop fan who grew up on like Ball and MJG and UGK and Ghetto Boys and Big Mike and Crime Boss and like all of that shit, to see La Chat, to see Project Pat, like I love the fact that I get to see some of my hip hop heroes grow yeah. old. Cause that's the one thing these youngins ain't got, man. The way these right. young rappers get shot. Like I hurt for them because I don't know what they're going to have when they're 40 and 50 years old, you know, but it was a cool walk down memory lane. Bone didn't really put shit into their performance. I thought three, six just watched them, but like to hear all those songs again in a row, like I was, I was walking around the house singing dog. Now, and I don't really fuck with verses like that. Let me ask you a question, Peter and Roy, that what to, to what you just said earlier about East coast, um, uh, East Coast uh, uh, awareness of this. Was this an East Coast person, maybe Swiss or his camp, 
putting together what we think is the right matchup. How an East Coast person would look at Bone Thugs and 3-6 as almost a, the same thing. As an East Coast person, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's group versus group. You you have to do that. But the but they not the same vibe though. If you were if you're from the South or the Midwest, you'd be like, why? I want to watch it because I fuck with them, but they're not they're not comparable. Like no, it wasn't it wasn't. But what other hip hop group in the South do you have that? I don't I don't know if it has to be. I think I would have liked a, a UGK, even though Pimp C's not there, but Bun could have held it down. I think yeah, UGK would have got hella features. UGK 3-6 would have been more interesting to me. And and you and you can still play Pimp C shit because Versus right. has now become this whole big performance thing, but really it was started off as just playing the song and vibing out to it. So you can still do all Pimp shit. Or Bun is so smart, he would have had some people do Pimp's parts or something. You know what I mean? The eras don't match up, but I feel like an East Coast equivalent, correct me if I'm wrong, it would be like De La versus The Woo. Right, you mean like what and what happened? What happened? Yeah, with three like because Daylight isn't on the same shit as the Woo, but they're a group, yeah, and they were a popular group, and they had a lot of good albums that everybody appreciated. And I think that was just the that was the metric of deciding, you know, who to match up with who. Because I mean, you could have easily have done Goody Mob versus Bone if you wanted the same vibe. You know, like that one is a little more interesting. But I think if you're going to do that, you probably should just do like the whole Dungeon family versus somebody else. I think No Limit Cash Money is probably the only Southern matchup that I really think you East Coast niggas would really appreciate and have an opinion about. Yep. Like, I don't even think y'all cared about Nelly Ludacris, if we're going to be honest. Did y'all care about Nelly Luda? Yeah, of course. It was too early. I was into it, but hold on. Let me, let me stop here. Let's. This is where I need to get a little more specific and one ep nerdy about it all. Okay, here we go. I went through the list of 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 songs. I didn't. If I'm being honest, me, Laura, and Ebro, we didn't get till I think round seven, until all three of us knew both songs being played in the round. <laughs> now I'm not saying that proudly. Hold on, I'm not saying that. And let, let me be clear. That's I'm, fair. There were some bone songs I didn't know. It was a lot of B no, no. sides. Well, hold on. By songs. the way, by the way, by the way. By the way, the first time I've never seen this in my life on one of the recap websites where they go song for song, one of the bone songs, they just had empty quote marks. Okay. So this is. <laughs> so don't. Was that I, with I, Busy Fought? I guess it might have been with Busy Fought. So I have people coming at me and, and, and saying I was like completely disrespecting because I didn't know a bunch of these records. And I do admit my knowledge of Hypnotized Minds, 3 6, Gangsta Boo, the entire thing. Yeah, it, it was not for me at the time as a backpacker. Like there, to me, oh, no. I, there were you were either if you fucked with that shit and you were from the East Coast, you were either a a club person like you were in the clubs DJing and and particularly mm-hmm. even like you went down to the South and DJ like you were out mm-hmm. and about or you're one of those white kids who ironically likes you know, the most hood shit you can find. Yeah, yeah. And it's I was like neither, looking at it like as art, kind of. And I was neither of those people. Like, I was right. not into club shit, and I wasn't into the most hood-sounding shit imaginable if it musically to me was whatever. So I yeah. guess my question is, Roy, am I an asshole for thinking that while you the three sticks, he's got three, his ESPN three, voice on right now. I can hear three, it. 
Three six <laughs> versus Wu Tang, right? Here's what I'll say, and I want you both to respond. Three six is more, wait for it, more influential in terms of today's sound than Wu Tang Clan. Absolutely. But in terms of iconic status as a hip hop group, Three Six is not even close to on the level as Wu Tang Clan, in my and, opinion. And that reasoning is because of the East Coast bias that exists, because the Wu is the Wu, and they're from New York, and New York is heralded as this ho 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 hip hop mecca. They're already graded on the curve. Three Six also popped at an era where the South still was. Andre Three Thousand hadn't even got on stage at the Source Awards yet, and Three Six half their songs came out before that moment. True. So I mean, we all the big ones started, came later. Roy, we started it. You got to give us something. No, they, they, no, I, I understand that, but I'm saying the reasoning for that, 3-6 is influence, the influence that the, the Southern sound has influenced hip-hop nationally, 3-6 is an integral part of that. Yes. But I'm I, saying that a lot of the songs that you did not know, I'm looking at the song list now. Like, you have it? Can you send it to us in the group chat, in the uh, chat? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, if you look at Hit a Motherfucker, like, that was an underground hit. Fucking Tear the Club Up 97, That's that big. was underground. But that was, that even in 97, though, that that song wasn't it, like folks was still on Master P in '97. Master P was the one Southerner. Well, no, they were folks, just folks, getting and, and cast. Practically, no, no it was he was on. It was, it was mid. That was mid. That was he was in the middle of it. Yeah, what? that's second. That's Ghetto D at that point. About, yes, he's already Ghetto D. About it's already been out and etc. So y'all not gonna have all of these southern niggas up here on getting all hold these. On, but, but, but 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 do you actually do you think that from a musical standpoint and Saif, I'd love for you to weigh into, like, do you actually think that musically, rap wise, I'm not talking production, but rap wise, do you think that um three six is on the level with the Wu Tang albums that we think about and the Wu Tang music that we you're talking look about at? lyrics? You talking about lyrics? Yeah, the, the skills. Not just a sound and an aura. There ain't but like four Southerners that could go bar for bar. <laughs> yeah, That's why the Wu set. never did any Southern features because nobody wanted the niggas to outshine them. <laughs> That's a different <laughs> skill set. I don't know if you can even skew it on the Barbie. What else we got? Because like even when you yeah. mentioned Dungeon Family earlier, um, Dungeon Family like proclaims that they were trying to copy New York. That's why they were like so strict about the lyrics and all that shit. You know what I mean? So like, like they the dungeon fan, the producers, um, the organized noise was such fans of, of nineties hip hop that they were trying to create that vibe, but in the South. So even the guy who we uh, uh, proclaim as one of the greatest ever, Andre 3000 came from an East coast influence. Of so course. like comparing the, the rap lyrical skill level from three six to woo or whatever, it's it, it's just a different category, you know what I'm saying? It's like baseball and football; those are different, right? Those are there. Different you go. Things. Good, side, good yeah. job, Scythe. I guess I just get. I don't know whether I should feel bad about not knowing some of these records. Like, you did should. I? Well, why not though, Roy? If I'm if I think of myself as a true hip hop connoisseur who loves it all, shouldn't I, I? I listen. I know their biggest five, but that's all I know. I don't know after the biggest five joints. I be, because the, the 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 songs that I know that they were giving you shit about, you know, something like Who Run It, which they started out with, then Tear the Club Up, then you know, Sipping on Some Scissor, if everybody knows that No, one. Who Run It that, is fire. You I don't know Who, who run, run It. You don't know Who Run It? No. Now, see, that's it's a problem. So, yeah, the, so now, 
now we're getting into songs that charted on in southern radio during that era and so okay maybe i do know it who running is it and maybe i do know but round seven gangster boo where them dollars at that did not i know that that didn't billboard nationally and i doubt that that got spins north of richmond so it's possible that you didn't know those i think that it's possible that some songs just fall through the cracks. I mean, hell, I was in radio, but I wasn't DJing, so I didn't need to know every single song yeah, to have a Southern that. set. Yeah. I'll right. be honest, when the, the E-40 verses, I didn't know half of them E-40 songs. Oh, no, no. Yeah. But, but I also wasn't deep on West Coast hip-hop Yeah. in the 90s and the early 2000s because I was in the South. We were doing our thing, so it was yeah. very insular. So if something snuck in from the outside, I, I'll be 100 I didn't even really start fucking with E-40 hard until he started fucking with Master P. Mm. And when 40 came on features, like, I think it was Unbowed at the movie soundtrack. Mm -hmm. I think 40 did some stuff there. And then he did the Baller Blocking soundtrack with Cash Money in the late 90s. I was like, okay, let me go rock with his back catalog. That's so crazy. And Baller Blocking to me is literally just like an ad that I saw and was like, what's baller blocking? I didn't even register with my me. It was just Why amongst, blocking us. Baller blocking us. It Turks was just amongst the crazy southern ads that were in all the magazines. Yeah. And you'd be like, what? <laughs> now, listen, when you go to the popular songs for 3-6 Mafia, we know the only one I don't know is the last one, um, which might be newer, Lolly Lolly. But the first four are Stay Fly, Sipping on Some Syrup, uh, popping my collar and, and slob on my knob. Okay, that's but canon. yes, that's Southern canon. Like that's, that's the type canon. Of that's 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 all fair. But but I don't know, man. I guess I just like I can't <laughs> just ignore. Like we were having a serious conversation. It was it was chicken head. You see, hey Roy, what's the round? It's chicken head versus what? It's maybe like round ten or something. What's chicken head up against? It's a good whoop whoop. And, like, I remember, like, do I enjoy Chicken Head? Yes. I had the record. I played it. But it was it was definitely ironic to, like, I think it's a fucking ridiculous song. Chicken Head <laughs> versus Thuggish Ruggish Bone. Okay. And Thuggish Ruggish Bone. I fucking thought when Thuggish Ruggish Bone came out, I was like, is this chorus a parody of what people think rap choruses are supposed to sound like? I, I thought it was Thuggish ridiculous. Bone. You liked it? Love it. It's you didn't fuck with it at the time? No. It's the so then you didn't fuck with Bone. Yeah, you didn't fuck with Bone. Like, Not that, really. Like, that, I, that was I, their I, only fucking hit at the time. Well, it was their first record. It was the first single. But literally, it was, it was cool. But when it got to the chorus and she was like, it's a dying, dying I was like, what is this? Are y'all making fun of rap? to Tasha. Not, and I'm not... <laughs> I'm not saying it's it. In, I'm not saying it in a race way because we have this conversation. Oh, here we go again. No, no, no. I'm I not playing the race card. I'm not saying it in a race way. I'm just saying it in a cultural way. Sometimes Peter doesn't get those type of hooks and songs where, like, backyard barbecue from from backyard barbecue to church vibes. You know what I mean? The type of extra singing. Bro, do you understand? It's- this song brought gangs together for three minutes in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> GDs and Vice Lords would put their rags down for just three minutes. Yeah. Listen, 
I respect the yeah. fuck out of Bone. That shit right there. I respect the fuck the fuck out of Bone as rappers. Again, also super influential stylistically. Uh, they have records I really do enjoy. By the way, even Thuggish Ruggish Bone, I fuck with it. I just find the chorus to be like slightly farcical. This issue is about you having a whole ass blind spot to the records even existing. I'm okay with you not liking. Yeah. You not like the song. That's all in the game. But, but, but by the way, let's let's let, do, do, do any of us can we go over the bone songs in this and see how many of those songs any of the three of us know okay. as three do, rap do fans right from that era, two DJs and one radio personality? Do that right now because I didn't see it. So tell me the songs cuz I'll tell you. I am biased because I was a bone fan. Their first two albums for me were end to end. East 1999 Eternal and Art of War. Art of War it was a double album, so there was a couple of man you could yeah. Put yeah, that come shit on, on somebody's on, on. movie soundtrack. But I knew most of the Bone songs. What I didn't know was a lot of their solo shit. And I'm going to be honest with their audience, solo albums. I'm going to be honest with our audience right now because I've never lied to you and I never will. And I don't know what Sife's going to say. I have never, and I repeat, never put a Bone CD <laughs> in a CD player and hit play. Not Wait, Nan, Netta, never. Yeah, you talking about the solo joints or Bone albums? Fuck. No Bone album, including East 99 Eternal, wow. did I ever hit play Fuck. on. Wow, that's. It that's, was only eight tracks, bitch. I know, it, it was short. wasn't even it was a short. long album. I, I knew all the singles, though. I knew the whole thing almost. As a hip-hop DJ, you, you got to go. Th- I'm not a huge Bone fan. I like Bone a lot, but I'm not this hardcore fan like a lot of people are. But you gotta you gotta go through the East ninety nine album, like. By the way, it's more than eight songs. It's a lot longer than I remember. Because because for the love uh, of money, you understand the relevance. Song right, Easy E's son came out on stage and did his father's verse. That well, everyone knows for the love of money. I'm not an animal. Dope. No, I <laughs> love for the love of you money. Know, you, you understand the significant relevance of Bone, though. Of course, that without a doubt. So it, with, something I, being that significant, you don't want to just hear it one time. But I heard them so much. I lived in DC. They were their singles were all in rotation, but none right, of them right, made right. me go, "Oh, I need to hit play on track one." Like by the way, even Crazy Bone, all the way up to Crazy Bone Thug Mentality, I know all the singles, but it never. Let me put it this way: this is an issue. The kind of Carhartt girl that was listening to Bone Thugs and Harmony, the kind of Carhartt girl that was listening to strictly Bone Thug Sife. Yeah, we were friends in school, but we weren't hanging out after school. (laughs) That's a that's that's a perfect. Because she smoked weed. No, no, no. Uh, She no. no, no, That's just just typical Carhartt. That's regular Carhartt girl. The Bone Thugs Carhartt girl might be going a step further. Some loose, some extra crazy shit was happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Carhartt girl is there's some baseline uh, similarities to all Carhartt girls. But now we're we're more accustomed to listening to Carhartt girls that can spit mob deep and and right. This is different though. There are Carhartt girls that can spit bone songs. Let me put it this way. The Carhartt girl, Sife, who when you got in her car, the first thing you saw was East 99 Eternal, she had a lot of problems at home. There were things happening in the house. Yeah, You know what I mean? She yeah, wasn't yeah. just rebelling. There were problems in the house. She was smoking is, weed in the house. This is, is like is me and a lot of curried foods. A lot of what? Uh, curry. Curry. Okay. Oh, boy. Now, see, this is why 
I fuck with Roy Wood Break Jr. it down to food. Go ahead. Is it, if something has curry in it, my antennas go up. I go, all right, what the <laughs> fuck kind of curry? What is it? It's my man. My type of fuck. All right. All right, I'm going to nibble it. But I, I see a lot of people enjoying curry. It is on menus everywhere. But I don't generally fuck with something if it's curry. Because usually it's too aggressive. It's too much on my fucking senses. So, yeah. and apparently, if you ask for curry on the side, you're an asshole. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. So, it's not, more it's often not. than not, it's just not my lane. Okay. And there, and apparently, I'm the same way. I'm. So, this is See why I fuck with this guy? I, but I don't even understand way. where he's going yet. I still have loves is your curry. Right. It's that like slow. Do you even like laid back chill rap? Because Bone Thugs general vibe is very, I was broke. I had to rob niggas. I sold fake dope. They constantly talking about selling dummy sacks and they lyrics. <laughs> Crazy Bone, Crazy Bone has a whole song dedicated to talking to how you make fake crack. I read really? the name of the the whole song. He's yeah. walking you through like a Rachel Ray recipe. You take the crumbs and then you then you put a little glue. I'll I'll find the lyrics and just recite them to you. But I, their whole vibe is I was broke, times were hard. And then the other vibe of most bone songs is let's just fucking chill. That's it. right. That's those are their two lanes. So if you don't fuck with that type of curry, there is no bone track that would have ever drawn you in. It seems like, but you know the ones, like you know the hits. Okay, the love of money. So why would you ever even need to know the B sides? You shouldn't know, but smokers only. Yeah, and 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 I, I guess I didn't. I, the truth is, if I'm being honest, I didn't have anyone in my life who was pushing me on bone album cuts. Like, oh, you haven't listened. I, I didn't. In my little East Coast world, no one was saying you got to listen to all the bone records. You know, I was excited when Premiere did first of the month remix. You know, that's that's yeah. the it's a different thing. And I, I I respect I'm just trying to be honest with everyone about, you know, here here's the down the east and west coast. So what do here you do you what do you find? Here we go. It's called dummy what? Man. Dummy? Dummy man. Dummy man. And it's just his idea. It's just a whole song about how he sells fake dope. And that's what he did. Up in the morning, I feel like I don't want to be living. Better off dead with no bread. You ever had that feeling? Fuck that. Come up in my blood. Because it's the first of the month. First time to come up. But I was standing in the bathroom mirror. I looked at the soap. Shit. Soap look a little like dope. Then I chopped me up some counterfeit amphetamines. But wait a minute. What if they want to taste it? Think quickly for cash. Nigga dash to the kitchen, get the bread bag, wrap that bread around some soap. Now the bread crumb, dumb, dumb dope. So you take soap, bread crumbs, and some amphetamines. And that's how you make a fake crack rock. Courtesy of Crazy Bone. Like this man was in pain. I can't think of any, this is 1999, by the way, when when this song was released. Yo, and I never, ever, and never, ever in life, th- of all the random hip-hop things I've heard about, all the shit, you know, that Mob Deep used to warn us of and talk about that I never understood, like, oh, when you're going to visit a girl and the likelihood of you being set up, 
right? Things that I didn't think about in Chevy Chase, Maryland. I never thought about making fake dope before. So I was missing something. Roy? <laughs> Their albums, yo, they made whole albums talking about selling fake dope and robbing people. Like, it just, I don't know, as a Southerner, there was a grit to that. So there was a relatability to to that bone lyrically, the lack of optimism in some of the songs, it was very relatable. When you're I coming off we, with Ghetto Boys and all of that shit. I guess with Bone, okay, so I have two different, vocally, neither 3-6 nor Bone speaks to me that much. Um, like Bone can okay. in moments, you know, but when they, I always make fun of, for example, you know, when Biggie and Bone do their thing, I, and everyone oh, knows... No. Everyone knows Biggie's verse by heart. And then when it gets to Bone and it sounds like it's just, it's totally, it's, it's like, it's never, dope, but I can't memorize it. I can just sort of be like, yeah, it's just not the same, which by the way is, is a testament to their talent, by the way. It's like a different art form altogether, if we're being Busy honest. Busy threw a jab at 3-6 in the middle of that song that a lot of people fucking miss. Where? Triple six Bible spitting five. This the real truth, bitch. It's it's in Busy's verse right after Biggie. Because they had been beefing with 3-6 during that time. So it's like, I enjoyed the deciphering of it. Like it was almost like coded in a way. Like it was like it was like trying to listen to to like like you know how they listen to them rock records backwards or whatever. Yeah. It was fun to find yes. well back in those days the lyrics would be in the, the CD liners or whatever, but it was fun to listen over and over again to Bone and pick up what they were saying. There was I don't know, there was something fun in deciphering it. It's the same reason I enjoyed listening to Twister. Twister Twisters. and Mystical. Now that's a versus I would love. It's Twister Ooh. versus Mystical. By the way, you I just don't know if up, you would. You just came up on a gem. Twister and Mystical would be great. Nobody would understand shit. The verses would be forty minutes. Well, and also Twister would have a tough spot when Mystical gets to his smashes. It's that's a tough. Oh yeah, it's it, you just do that for the love of hip hop. Just although to see Twister, two OGs. Although Twister does have, Twister does have a few though. Don't let's be clear. Oh, of course. I mean, if Twister keeps slow jams in the clip, that can you know what you know what my you know what my sleeper favorite mystical record is. Really? Like, it's just it's just one of my favorite. I'll be honest though, it's one of my favorite Neptune's records more than it is favorite mystical records. Somebody told me that it the music that 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 song sounds like a Zatarin's commercial. And I can't unhear it because it's Wait. so uniquely New Orleans. Wait, what's a Zat? What's Zatarin? Zatarin's that seasoning, that Cajun seasoning. Spice it up with Zatarin's. With Zatarin's. Yo, no, never nothing. seen that commercial in my life, much like a East 99 Turner. <laughs> and also, I will say this it does, the horn is almost like a caricature of New Orleans sound. Yes, right. that is. But it works for some reason. But it works. This was when he, his run of hits at that point with the Neptunes was so crazy. What, this, when, what years were you on radio? Uh, 01 till 2013. 2013. 01. 
So yeah. you got in. Uh, oh, so I guess like on the tail end of mystical being the shit. Yeah, yeah, mystical. He was already mystical at that point. He'd done mind of mystical. Oh, he's, on his, he's on his way out already. Yeah, he'd already done his No Limit album at that point. No, he'd already done this. This was already two years old, I think, yeah. by now, right? Yeah. Yeah, because that was off of Unpredictable, which to me is still, I would argue, the best Mystical album, even though I enjoy Mind of Mystical, because I think artists, before they get the deal, there's something raw about them. Bro, you your knowledge, your detailed knowledge of Southern hip-hop is already... Uh, high level relative to anyone we talked to bro that's all we used to listen to my dog Ahmed Roach the only thing non-southern we used to fuck with was easy e easy does it we fuck everybody fuck with NWA like we like this is gonna blow you away yeah yeah I didn't hear a Wu-Tang track until I was 18 in college and that's because I had a roommate from Wisconsin wait but hold on what year was that 18 in college this was, was 96 that- so you hadn't heard one in 90. I never heard a single bar of a Wu-Tang artist. You had never heard Cream or Method Man. You didn't know the song nothing, Method Man. Nothing. Oh, it's impossible. You it's didn't know MTV. Man. What? Okay. Yo, MTV raps might've played some shit, but in but terms you- of like getting deep into the B-sides and mystery of chess boxing and all of the Kung Fu interludes to that, man, I didn't know what the, I, Rolled over, looked at my roommate one more. I go, what the fuck is this you're listening to, dog? So, so real quick, how well, how well relative to these Southern albums do you know Enter the Wu-Tang and Only Built for Cuban Links, etc.? Not nearly. It's, I don't think, I'm probably better than you are with Bone Thugs, but Not I, could, <laughs> I could know the song, but there's no way I can name the tracks and albums. That I can go, oh yeah, that song is from that track, but it was originally on a music soundtrack. But he, but like, I can't do that. You don't know, like, I can't do the, that. You don't know the order of the singles, though, and what came Fuck out no. when. And Fuck no. What about with Mob? But D? I have. Hey, um, we know what? Let's take a break here and go to Patreon for more with Roy Wood Jr. And if you're leaving us, make sure you go watch his special right now. You can stream it on the Comedy Central app. But more with Roy Wood Jr. on Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> 